right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. Uh, what matters to me, 2008 is here. It's playoff time, too. That's right. NFL and college playoffs. It's a beautiful time of the year. I'm happy to be alive. 2018. Man, I never even thought I'd be able to say that when I was a little kid. <laughs> happy New Year's 2018. But I am special show today. Uh, going to start off and, and talk about all the games, and then um, we're going to, uh, the second half of the show, we're going to talk about uh, life after the game. We'll be talking about uh, leading into P&E, which uh, my man Willie Gibson, who is on the line with me, will be joining me for the first time as a co-host with, with, with me in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's going to be cold, Willie. So, uh I'm sure you got a coat already, man. I might need to borrow one of your coats, which <laughs> might have to have you bring an extra one. I got you. I'm getting prepared for it here now in uh, Columbus, Ohio. It's uh, five below. This oh morning. man, it's been years since I heard five below. That might even take me back to. I- I'm not afraid to say this. In fact, I'm happy I could say this. So, 40 years ago, uh, wow. the the winner of my freshman year at the Ohio State University, uh, it was record temperatures, even such that the university closed down for the first time in years because we were beyond five below. We might have been like at 15 or 20, 25 or 30 below. Wow. Uh, so uh, so we do, but we both know cold. So I'm not going to act as if I've never experienced it. I'm just blessed that I'm here in uh Phoenix, Arizona today, and it's probably about maybe 70-something. Uh, we just take it for granted. We don't even pay attention to it. But uh, I'll tell you what we were paying attention to, and a lot of people were paying attention to uh, this weekend. As I said, not only uh, was there pro football, um, the season ended to give us the, the playoff pitcher, and, of course, college football started their playoff pitcher and uh, defined who will be playing for uh, the national championship. But before uh, we get to that, let's talk a little bit about some things that happened in the pros, something that I'm not happy about and, and something that will affect me for the rest of my life, that I have to say that I am a part, I'm a fraternity member of a football team that not while I was playing, but as an experience as a fan, we went 0-16 in the National Football League? Willie, really? Really. Can that really even happen? I, I'm one of those people, I'm going to say, that, you know, that really didn't happen. Can that ever happen? If you asked anybody who had any experience as a fan or who played in the National Football League, after all, we believe in the, any given Sunday. How in the world could an NFL team go 0-16? As a matter of fact, do we want to say that we really went 0 and 20 because did we win a preseason game? I don't even think that's, the, that's, the, that's the irony of the of the whole thing, right? Don't don't, don't tell me they went four and on the preseason. Oh no, don't tell me they went four and on the preseason. I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yes. That 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 right there, if nothing else, lets you know that the preseason means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Four and zero in the preseason, and now you go zero and sixteen. Now, now here's the thing, right? Interesting, interesting thing about that is the first team to go 0-16, the Detroit Lions, they also went 4-0 in the preseason before going 0-16 in the regular season. Wow. And the Detroit Lions obviously didn't do too good uh, this year because uh, they're in the conversation of a team that's looking for a new coach. 
Yeah. Yeah, so, Jim Caldwell. Huh? Yeah. What? No, well, and relatively speaking, for the Browns, I know I'm sure they would take this. They went nine and seven. Yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, nine and, and seven. And, and, and in you Detroit. know what? You know what? No, no, no. I'm going. I'm. I'm gonna be like this. I'm gonna say this boldly. Say this. Mm-hmm. I, I think the expectations of the team because of the talent was that they should have went. Their record of nine and seven was not acceptable. But Detroit hasn't won anything to be firing a coach who goes nine and seven in the National Football League. I mean, nine and seven normally will get you a wild card. It just tells you how competitive the division was because nine and seven typically would get you a a wild card. It didn't this year. And and so I I guess for Jim Caldwell, it was either, you know, playoff or fired. Right. But the Detroit Lions this year, as you as throughout the year, I don't think the Detroit Lions was a bad football team. They no, played some they, ba- they played some bad games, but you know, as a team, I think they were pretty competitive. They were entertaining. I believe so, and I think what it was is you know you have the the high profile quarterback who you just gave. No, you have the highest. What, no, you have the high the, the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. That's exactly yes. right. That, that and yes. so and so I would say that alone. I'm going to say this. You know, there are some games, Willie, where I believe that some games are won. The players got to win some games. The offense, the defense, the special teams, and sometimes the coach has to win some games. But I'm going to say when you got the highest paid player in your league, you know, that should be, you know, you got Tom Brady who's, who's the GOAT, they're saying. And, he, and, and this man is making more money than him. He can't win a game or two or three or four or five for you, certainly when it's the last game or the last right. two. And, and if you win, you go to playoffs. I remember when I was in Philly, and, uh, you know, my experience, I only share my experiences just for, to, you know, in the context of the conversation, and it's not about bragging. But I will never forget we were in the playoff hunt at the end of the year, and it wasn't big money, but it was big money at that time. It was huge money at that time. Norman Brayman came in the locker room and told us that if we made the playoffs, he would give everybody on the team an additional $10,000 bonus. Now, just to keep things in perspective, my rookie year, that was a third of my salary. I only made made $30,000 my rookie year. So he was going to give us, but but at that time I was making more, but he was going to give us an extra $10,000. Man, there's a lot you can do with ten thousand dollars. You could go that, back then. You could that was a down payment for a house. Still, maybe for some people. Mm-hmm. And 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 we had the ball. Our offense had the ball first and goal. Four four times the score, and and we didn't score. First and goal. So it was like inside the ten yard. It might have been like the first and goal from the five, maybe. And 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 they didn't score. And I was upset because there was complaints about my, my contract and me getting paid. I lost my mind when the, when the guys came and talked to me in the locker room after the game. Like, what kind of, sh- kind of shit is that? It's first and goal from the four-yard line, and, you, and, and everybody, there's 10000 extra dollars for you on the line, and you can't go score? Line you can't block? So, you know, these, these kinds of things, when, I, when you got the highest paid man in the National Football League, you know, sometimes in sports we talk about just putting it on your back and making it happen. That's what you're supposed to do. That's when you got a quarterback. Listen, you, you, you need to make plays at that time. Your legs, your head, your arm, your body, your, your, your ability to motivate your team. 
That's when it's on the line, man. You're the highest paid guy in the league. And the coach who does not, does the coach does not run the ball one time, he doesn't throw the ball one time, he doesn't kick the ball one time, he doesn't block anybody, doesn't tackle anybody, he gets fired. Yeah. And then and then we got a guy, you know, and, and again, man, I, I, I hate to call it, this is what we do when we talk about this. Well, you got a guy down there, Marvin, Marvin Lewis, Marvin, you know, he keeps his job. In Cleveland. I think this is it. We talked about this earlier in the season for Marvin. He, um, no, I just saying that he's he still he gonna be there. Well, he, they kept him. He's there. So, okay. So I did hear that they were meeting today. I didn't hear the final result of that meeting. So he is staying. Well, I'll tell you. Let me just say this: they released the coaches that have been uh, let go, and his name is not on that list. Bruce Arian was supposed to uh, have his conversation with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And it was his decision, but right. he's he is being um, the context of what happened to his job is uh, it came out that he did not get fired, but he retired. Right. I'm sure it's because of health reasons. But the other guys, uh, no, no. Since the coach is not on the Marvin's name is not on that list of coaches that uh, have been released. Now, if, if you think there's a chance that they may wait until tomorrow to add him to the list? I do. I do. Um, I know that he and Mike Brown, this is the weirdest situation. The Bengals are a weird outfit because Marvin decided apparently that he's going to walk away. And then after Sunday's game decided, well, we're going to take a day or two and we're going to come back and revisit it. All the while, like, I don't. What coach? I don't understand that. You've been there 15 years. You haven't won a playoff game. How does he get to to drive the car, so to speak, on the whether he's coming back or not? But Mike Brown apparently gave him that latitude. So, uh, we uh, as far as the last I heard, we were still in the wait and see mode in Cincinnati if Marvin was coming back. But you know that we we shall see. Well, I I appreciate uh, that perspective from you and, and and how you heard those things and, and and sharing them with the audience out there. But I agree with you. First of all, I don't know NFL coaches unless they've got a contract that says to them that if, you know, they got guaranteed money. But when an uh, organization decides they're going to part with the coach, the organization makes they, they drop that hammer. The only thing they have to do, they have a commitment to continue to pay that coach. But if they want to move on from that coach, he can't say I'm not moving on. He could just, right. he could just go home and continue to get checks. So if the Bengals organization decides that they, they want to move on from Marvin – they, they could do that. They changed the key locks, you know, whatever. It offers right. keys. He's done, man. That's the decision on the organization. That's not Marvin doesn't make that decision. The only thing he has is guaranteed money. If he's got guaranteed money, they just send your check to whatever address you give him. Right. They can send it overseas or wherever. But uh, we're, gonna, we're giving him a little bit too much time. That's what the league has been doing, too, giving him too much time. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're the derail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Willie Gibson on with me, and uh, Willie, of course, will be uh, joining me um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the Super Bowl. Um, of course, uh, none of the Ohio teams will be there. Uh, Cincinnati or the Browns will not be there, but uh, we always uh, talk a little bit about that because Willie, of course, is uh, my eyes and ears back there to a place that is uh, near and dear to me with my heart. Probably the only reason why I'm on this network now is because of uh, those places back there. So we always like to talk about those uh, those places and those teams. So, so Willie, uh, the, we, we talked a little bit about Marvin. Now let's talk about the Browns. Um, mm-hmm. What do you, what what do you see happening with them in terms of uh, just man? I um, is it a full whole? I mean, I I don't know how you. I think the GM we said is gone. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh, now a new GM has been bought in. Um, as a matter of fact, Guy Troop is going to join me here uh, on the second half of the show, and uh, I think Guy knows the GM. Uh, there in Cleveland, but have you heard anything about the direction of which Cleveland is going? Uh, are they are they comfortable with uh, with the with the front office uh, that's intact now? Are they comfortable with the staff? Uh, what in terms as it relates to players? Uh, do they think they need to do? Uh, where is uh, where are they are they going to go with the? Uh, as I spent a lot of time uh, brought New Year's Eve in with my friend uh, Kelvin Fisher. Uh, former um, player development director, uh, I'm sorry, former um, head of college scouting uh, for the Buffalo Bills, and uh, he also was a scout with the Pittsburgh Steelers, has two Super Bowl rings with the Steelers. Um, You know, Fish and I were having a conversation uh, the other night, and uh, Fish has always told me it's about your board, and you stay true to your board during the draft time, and you go after the best player on the board and uh, I myself was always thinking okay uh, but if that best player on the board at the time is 
somebody where you feel pretty good about it. you got an all pro at that position do you still draft that person and, and he was like well yeah uh you know you'll just have two of them i said well, well i need somebody on the field at another position to improve it but it's about the board so uh just thinking about the browns is it is it i mean is do they need help everywhere from what you could think of willie or is, or is there one position in particular we always know quarterback you gotta have a good quarterback right Right. So do you think the uh, Browns going to draft trying to, you know, and Baker Mayfield is, I, I don't know if it's Baker or somebody said they don't want to, oh, the UCLA quarterback says he doesn't want to play for the Browns. Right. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I didn't see anything from him really all year long to make me think that he's the greatest thing since Tom Brady where the Browns really got to have him or they're not going to succeed, you know. Uh, so uh, are the Browns going for a quarterback, you think? Absolutely, it's a lot there to discuss with the Browns. But let me let me let me mention Josh Rosen first, the UCLA quarterback uh, that made those statements uh, and doubled down on them. As a matter of fact, first he made the statement, you know, I don't want to go to the Browns, and then he said, I'd much rather go to a uh, worse situation to get drafted lower rather than get drafted high to a bad situation. Implying, of course, if you connect the dots, that he's speaking about the Cleveland Browns. But my issue with him. Uh, first of all, phenomenal talent. You know, great arm, put up major numbers at UCLA. But he sat out his bowl game with concussion symptoms. And you, of all people, Ray, uh, are an advocate for player health and player safety. And my concern is if you're missing college games, college games, college bowl games, due to concussion symptoms, what makes me want to be anxious to draft you number one overall as the 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 face of my franchise. That, that that's a great point you just make right there, and uh, uh, for those reasons alone, um, um, you know, I think that that could affect his draft status mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I, I just got finished in studio here having conversations with somebody um, who 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 was a, a big fan here of sports. And was sharing some information that either he read or heard about the, um, you know, the protocol as it relates to injuries with the Green Bay Packers and how they fumbled something and as a result could end up losing. Aaron Rodgers could be a free agent. Right. Because right. There's, co there's consequences to not handling injuries in such a way uh, that it, it, it jeopardizes a player. And, and he continues to, you know, to get re-injured because he didn't really heal and you rushed him back and, and, right. and they could become a, a free agent. Now, that being the case, if you, even so what people some don't realize, as a free agent doesn't mean that you necessarily have to leave your team. So right. even though he, if he does become a free agent, he can still sign with the Green Bay Packers unless there's a stipulation that says he's a free agent and you cannot sign with the same team. Yeah, it is. Okay. What, that, what that is, Ray, um... Going back to his original injury, he broke his collarbone. Right. They put him on IR. He had to miss eight games. He came back. He played the one game. Clearly wasn't right. Um, they lost the game. And then later on down the line, uh, later on that night, they were eliminated from playoff contention. So they put him on so IR again. They put him on IR again. But the issue with that is they did not put him on IR with a different injury. Yeah, they put him on with the same injury. Right. That was, so that's they, a that's a technicality mistake, and and somebody a head or head should roll because of that. I think it kind of did, 
and, and if you read between the lines, but I'm not sure if you heard uh, Ted Thompson. Oh yeah, young. yeah, yeah, yes, right. So I don't know if. But one they, or they two... were saying something about a different a different direction, and you know, yeah. and you know, I don't know if they were necessarily saying that that was related to that because again, injuries. Well, the GM does determine about putting somebody on IR, but the simple reason is there was no reason to put him on. Why would you put him on IR for the last game anyway to bring to bring somebody else in for one game? Right. You know why would you why would you do that? I mean, did you have to bring somebody else in to have another person to back up the position of quarterback? I I, I don't know all the details of that. I haven't heard all those details. But the fact of the matter is, you know, all you got to do is just simply is just. Keep him on the roster. Just don't play him. Right, right. You don't have to, you know, the IR situation, first of all, you're supposed to know your job. And so whoever messed that up and sent that information in, that, that sounds to me like the fumble the Browns had about when they were trying to, you know, do their thing early in the year and they fumbled the ball. They didn't send some paperwork in for uh for I'm sure you're familiar with that, Willie. Would have the trade, right? Uh, the trade, right? They didn't send their paperwork in. You, you can't have those kind of incompetent people in those kind of positions. That that certainly says something about your organization, but in, in that particular case, I'm, I'm, again, I was comparing that to the UCLA guy. But there is a health issue with the UCLA guy going into, like you said, concussions, which is a major issue. And if there's a concussion guy, no team, particularly quarterback. You know, at first, I think Troy Aikman was the first one to really, you know high-profile quarterback that really started complaining about concussions. I think Troy actually said he retired because of his concussions. He did. But the fact of the matter is if, if you don't bring a guy into the National Football League with a team that can't block for their quarterback. We just had a quarterback a couple years ago. His dad was, was complaining because how hard he got hit uh, by the dude from the Steelers a couple years ago. You remember that? Cole McCoy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? So... Uh, uh, quarterback and concussions and the Browns all go hand in hand. So, okay, we, we're not going to take him, but nobody should take I'm saying for the safety of the player, if the concussions are that much of an issue, as a matter of fact, he probably can't even get a Lords of London insurance policy if the concussions are that much of an issue. Yeah, I'm not sure the severity or, or what have you, but I do know he did set out the Cactus Bowl. You know, now that brings up another question. You know, if it's the Rose Bowl, is he going to sit out? But because it's the Cactus Bowl on, I don't know, December 27th, does that make it easier to sit out that game versus because you're not playing in the playoff in the Final Four? Well, uh, also, I, 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 I'm going to say this, and... and um I don't mean to uh, – well, I'm not going to apologize for what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say it. You know, Brett Favre is still, to me, a man playing football in the National Football League. And why is it that they decided to make a decision that for him not to play because there were no benefits for the team in terms of their chances to make it in the playoffs? So – is his body more valuable than the other guys on the team? <laughs> the other guys on the team still went out and played. And there, there, right. there, there was no incentive for them. There was no motivation. They couldn't make it to the playoffs. And, and certainly Brett Huntley, the, court, the backup quarterback who could be your future quarterback, you, you still throw him out there. Why, what, his body is not valuable enough? There's no reason that he should play? And so, um, and so then, so, so that, that's something we got, that's something we, you know, we should always consider 
why is one man's body and body parts more valuable than another? And it, it, it appears that if the guy uh, is going to be injured, you want to save him for next year. But other guys you want to, you know, put out on the field and, you know, hey, they could be sacrificed. That's just, um, I, I don't think that was a good look. I really don't think that was a good look. Um, the fact of the matter is that they, they said it was, you know, when they started talking about uh, Brett Favre, uh, they talk about the same injury and they got other problems. But in reality, what we know is that they didn't want to play Brett, even if he was cleared to play, because there was no reason to jeopardize putting him out there with a chance to get hurt again that would affect next year's season. Right. I mean, I, I think it was strictly a financial situation as well. You talked about Brent Hudley. Brent Hudley makes, I don't know, $785,000 versus Aaron Rodgers making $25 million. So it was a return on investment. Do you want to jeopardize a $25 million play? And again, men are men. Players are players. Humans are humans. I get your point, but just trying to take it into the the Packers realm of, of decision making, you know, was that that come into play as well? Mm -hmm. the, the financial consideration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, again, uh, they got to pay him the money one way or the other. You know, so the right. fact of the matter is, um, you know, he's going to get I'm sure a portion of his money is guaranteed. So if he, you're right, if he's if he's if he doesn't get hurt, then they got a chance to put him on the field. They got a chance to win some more games. But they're they strictly that was a business decision about next year. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, you know, it revealed some things about what they think about some people. You know, they, they, they weren't worried about Brett Huntley for next year, but they were worried about Aaron Rodgers for next year. I know Brett Huntley was healthy, but still everybody goes out on the field somewhat hurt and the risk of being hurt. And that's what I'm saying. The exposure of the risk, they, the exposure of the risk of getting Aaron Rodgers hurt again was something that they didn't want to risk that. So, um, again, that's a decision that people whose pay grades a lot higher than mine. They make those kind of decisions, and sometimes they make the wrong ones, and uh, I think the Packers are going to have to deal with a little bit of that. But uh, what we're going to do, Willie, uh, I did want to talk to you a little bit, man, but, um, uh, and I think I will after this break uh, talk to you for a couple seconds, uh, at least, about uh, the, the playoff picture and, and a couple other things. But we got to take a break. Uh, Guy Troop is going to join me afterwards. Uh, you've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a man. We're going to take a break and we'll come right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. 
Kelly is the owner of Macmillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly Macmillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you hear another show. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, what matters to me is playoff time. It's playoff for both the, the NC2As, and uh, we know how that game is going to uh, to look at national championship game. Of course, that will be uh, Alabama playing against Georgia, and uh, of course, the NFL is about to start their playoff uh, season, and excited about that because whenever we, we talk about that, we also talk about uh, the opportunity for, uh, to work with players who are trying to prepare themselves for uh, life outside of uh, the sport, particularly playing the sport, not necessarily outside of it because they may remain in the sport in some capacity, uh, but they will no longer be uh, playing the game. And whenever we do that, we always have our good friend Guy Troop join us, who's in studio now. But uh, Guy, I'm going to say welcome to you. But before I do that, I'm, I'm going to uh, talk to Willie a, a little bit about uh, a couple of those games. Willie, was it, were there any surprises to you in the college games? It was. Um, I didn't expect... Clemson to not show up the way they did last night. I mean, Alabama just totally took them, took them to the woodshed. I mean, 24 to 6 sounds like a, a decent score, but the game was not that close at all. Alabama's defense just uh, dominated. Yeah. And, uh, but Georgia, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go right here. I was going to say, but it appears to me that uh, I think it was the Alabama defense um, that really played the outstanding game wasn't so much of the offense. I think the defense was two scores they were yeah. certainly uh, credited for. Yes. Yeah, the defense, I mean, and that's Nick Saban's calling card. I mean, Kirby Smart, uh, defense coordinator, uh, the new head coach at uh, Tennessee, stayed on, and uh, they they showed up and they dominated. So, uh, and that's pretty much what you expect from a, a Nick Saban coach team, hard-nosed uh, defensive effort. So, uh, just, again, surprising – that, that third year in a row that you have Clemson and Alabama meeting in the in the uh, college football playoff. Uh, now, granted, no Deshaun Watson, no Mike Williams, no Wayne Gallman, but uh, Dabo Sweeney and then actually the, the uh, defensive back from uh, Alabama, uh, Tony Reed, I believe, mentioned how uh, Dabo Sweeney shouldn't talk so much smack. Because Dabo did a lot of talking before this game. And uh, I think that riled up the troops over there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, uh, Nebo is uh, has a lot of personality. You know, got a little personality. Uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, I say Pete Carroll. He he enjoys uh, his players. 
Uh, he, he he was even in the locker room a little bit celebrating with his players. I believe a couple times he he got a couple dance moves. But uh, but Nick is all about business. Uh, I don't think that Nick Saban has changed in um, wow for me. It's been a lot of years. Let me just say that from my experiences with Nick and as I as I continue to watch him on television, uh, you know, and and watch his team play. Uh, he's been the same man and very businesslike um, since uh, uh, my last year at Ohio State University, which is 1980. And, uh, but he is, he's an outstanding coach. Uh, he's all about business. And, and I think uh, when you saw this, knowing what he had already been, Nick didn't want to be embarrassed again. And um, so I, I don't think uh, – I, I picked Alabama to win the game. I picked Alabama, and I, and I picked Georgia too. And um, so uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, the Clemson, the, the fact that Clemson didn't really show up, uh, that, that did surprise me. Uh, I thought Clemson would make it a, a better game than it was. And, and I'm sure the coach feels the same way. He, he knows his players could have played better. Um, but they, they had their chance. You only get one chance in this business. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, is. There's a playoff system where you get to play two or three games, the best out of three. This, this is it. It's one and done. So uh, the Big Ten showed up, too, so that's good. But uh, but it looks like it's going to be an SEC championship game, right? Yeah, Alabama. and uh, It's funny. It's Alabama and Georgia in Atlanta, which is where the SEC championship game is usually is always played. Mm. And this was the game that was supposed to be uh, the first weekend in December, but Auburn beat Alabama. Uh, the Iron Bowl to to take that spot in in Georgia took care of them in the SEC championship game. So it should be a good matchup, man. But what what bothers me though, Ray, is that people will see this all SEC final. And uh, four years ago, it was a uh, it was Alabama and LSU, and that's what they got. They got rid of the BCS, and this Final Four was supposed to even the playing field a little bit. But you have an SEC final again. And people, the SEC pundits would go out there, and the SEC is the best conference in America, and it's really not as top-heavy. I'll give them that. It's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Auburn, but Tennessee is not good. Uh, Vanderbilt is not good. Florida is not good. So you you have that, and and I just like to just keep it. Let's let's keep it even killed. You know, give the respect where it's due. Alabama and Georgia are playing for the national championship, but. I mean, the, the Big Ten just went seven and one in bowl games, but it's all kinds of excuses. Well, it's the layoff and bowl games don't really mean anything, and uh, uh, the the players were injured. But had the Big Ten gone one and seven, the Big Ten would have been blasted as inferior. So I just like to keep it a little even. You know, the SEC give them their credit, but. I mean, the SEC is, is is not the end all be all when it comes to uh, conferences and, and college football. Yeah, I I think that there's always going to be the conversation about the SEC and, and the Big Ten, and uh, I, I think it's deserving. So, um, I think the records will speak for themselves. I believe that the, the best team should be in the playoff, uh, based upon what I'm going to say. We uh, Ohio State University did. I'm I'm not one of those people that I'm going to say we should have been in. Uh, in the playoffs, I'm okay with what we did and who we played and, and our outcome of our game, and I'm supportive of these final four teams that played. Again, I'm just disappointed in Clemson. I just thought they would show up and play better, and they didn't. So now, uh, I'm again, the connection, it's an Ohio State connection there, so I'm, I'm going to be continue to support 
uh, Alabama. And uh, mm-hmm. I think they'll win the game, although I love Georgia's running backs. I, I said that going in. That's why I thought they would beat Oklahoma. Um, and um, I think they'll give Alabama a good run for their money. Uh, I think that's the kind of football. Nick likes that kind of football, though. If you want to try to, you know, man on man, you know, beat me up, I beat you up. I think he, he, he likes running game football games. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But what we want to do now, Willie, is I want to uh, – I'm going to change directions here, and I'm going to start uh-huh. talking about life outside of football because my man Guy Troop is in the studio with me. Uh, so I'm going to welcome him and wish him a, a happy 2018. Uh, and, man, it seems like we've been doing this about eight. I know you've been doing it more than 18 years, Guy. But, of course, we want to start talking now about the player networking event, uh, which, of course, is going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, when it's going to be cold, but that's okay. Because the game is going to be indoors, and P&E, the player networking event, is always indoors. And, uh, Guy, just help me out here. How many years have you been doing this now? This is the 18th annual year of the player networking wow. event. So it is 18. There you go, 2018. And um, there's one thing in, in, in particular that uh, we want to talk about, and um, that is uh, Toyota has uh, teamed up with you this year, Guy, and in association with... Uh, one of my favorite DBs in the league, uh, even though he plays for one of those teams that I can never forgive, I can never cheer for, uh, Chris Harris is, uh, and his, uh, his foundation is uh, going to be doing something special. Am I correct? Is That's correct. That? Chris Harris and Malcolm uh, Mitchell, who plays with the Patriots, are both uh, Young men, Chris is actually up for the Walter Payton Award this year. Malcolm is doing a great job with literacy uh, throughout America. He has a book entitled The Magician's Hat that we're continuing to promote and help him get his message out. His his aim is to have a million fourth graders uh, reading his book and and valuing literacy in America. So we're we're trying to help him spread that joy. Chris is a a uh, young man with the Third child on the way, uh, exemplary player. He was a free agent, worked hard. He really handled his business to become an all-pro. And so we're helping him with a couple of causes that he's behind. He has a youth uh, initiative working with youth and, and fitness and, and football skill development. And he's also partnered with the Alzheimer's Foundation in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we're helping promoting both of those initiatives. Okay, and so, Guy, uh, exactly the, the event that uh, that we're talking about now, uh, can you share with everybody where this will be held at? Uh, it's at the Minneapolis City Center, 33 South 6th Street, 45th floor. The, uh, the zip code is 55402. So we're in a corporate building in downtown Minnesota. Uh, we're excited about the, the uh, cast of businesses that have uh, supported this event and will be there. Toyota Motor North America, one of the top 15 co- uh, companies in revenue in the world, is our title sponsor. They're there to promote dealership opportunities, marketing opportunities, and grassroots effort. The, the title of our workshop is, foc- is revolving around socioeconomic uh, prowess and how, how anyone in America or the world can actually climb the socioeconomic platform for success. So they're going to help us in that opening workshop. we got about a three-hour trade show, then we have a, a closeout event, a wine tasting and wellness hour that uh, 
Water's Edge Winery and Y Wellness are two partner organizations that will be helping us just talk about health and wellness to close the event out. Now, uh, the event of which uh, is the... Um the Read with Malcolm event, is that going to be open to the public guy or is that just going to be for um, players and corporate sponsors of PE, or is this open to the general public? Well, what we're doing is we're, we're sponsoring uh, Malcolm's book at Minneapolis-based schools. So we're gonna, he's going to go into a Minneapolis school uh, or the school district and distribute X number of books. So Toyota has partnered with us to distribute those books we, we haven't announced the schools that will receive the books, uh, and then we're going to do some PR on Media Row around the, uh, the initiative. But, uh, you know, he's still hopeful that he'll be, a, the Patriots will be a part of the game. So some of the uh, activities and the engagement revolving around this will, it may have to uh, change if, if Malcolm's actually with the Patriots in the game. Okay. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do is, uh, I believe, uh, in about thirty seconds or so, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, but but prior to that, guy, in uh, taking a break, um, I, I want to, if you will, uh, I know you mentioned that there were some opportunities with Toyota for some players, uh, perhaps maybe that who might be interested in in having a relationship with with Toyota. Um, that 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 opportunity you talked about is that going to be just for the players at the player networking event or, or suppose there's some corporate people that are there and perhaps they, they have an interest in a dealership yeah. would that yeah. opportunity be also offered to some of those people yeah p and e is a launch of initiatives uh, that we're involved with toyota is is very much interested in getting the word out about their minority dealership opportunity players happen to be a target but corporate executives and even other vendors that are there certainly can explore an opportunity to develop a relationship with Toyota Motor North America. The there, There's targeted cities that they're trying to build brands, and so we're going to focus on that and try to get some players involved. But, of course, uh, anyone that's at P&E, uh, any partner could uh, could learn more and get into Toyota's dealership development program. Yeah, and the reason why I wanted to ask that question, guys, because uh, you, you always want to emphasize the fact that this this is, a net, this is a networking opportunity. So there's an opportunity for somebody who could accidentally bump into somebody or have a conversation, a sidebar conversation, or either visit a booth of a company and, and perhaps maybe find a new opportunity or some diversity to their business. So if, even if you're not in the automotive business, but you might have an interest, this is a place you should be because something like that could become a reality. That's right. All right. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. So what we're going to do, we're going to take this break now, then we're going to come back for the last segment. We'll continue to talk about the 2018 Player Networking event in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, what matters to me, it's 2018, and it's a happy new year for everyone, and the playoffs are here. That's uh, both the NC2A um, college football playoffs and also, uh, and that being a football course, and uh, the National Football League is about to uh, start its playoff season, and of course, uh, I find myself uh, Somewhat disappointed that half of me uh, is uh, not going to be playing. As a matter of fact, I'm embarrassed about one half of me, and that's the Cleveland Browns, who went 0-16. And, uh, but I'm happy that, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles have a chance. Although they have a bye, uh, they do have a chance to, uh, to finally end, to end up in Minnesota. So uh, I'm a little biased there, but uh, I got my friend Guy Troop in the studios with me, who is not biased. Uh, who has uh, been out there uh, for 18 years supporting players from every team. Uh, has never made a difference to him what team you play for. Uh, you're on his team, and that's always been exciting to me. Uh, I found when I met Guy that uh, he was willing to help uh, any and everybody uh, that was uh, a participant in the National Football League in their career transition. And, and Guy, so it's one of those things that I think more and more people are starting to take notice. Uh, I think colleges and universities are starting to take notice. Uh, would, would, would that be correct? Would you say that that is becoming a focus um, with colleges and universities as, as well as the, the teams themselves? And if, if so, are they encouraging players um, to participate in the player networking event? Well, Ray, there's a, there's a movement throughout sports, in particular football, to help athletes transition successfully. P&E is one of many offerings that provides players, active farmers, college, high school people to learn about what it takes to transition successfully. This year we've been fortunate to, to, to partner with Dr. Leo Lewis, who is an executive in the Minneapolis Super uh, Minneapolis School District, I think St. Paul. He's a former Viking. He played at the University of Missouri. Uh, he's a former player engagement director with the Vikings, but he's working with us to to get high school area kids to attend P&E and and promote some of the efforts of his foundation. We have a partnership with Sound Mind, Sound Body. Uh, which is a football camp that we're launching the first annual SMSB showcase at Super Bowl. So they'll bring a portion of participants from their camp. So that's the high school relationship. We partnered with the University of Minnesota to bring 
college athletes to the to the uh, to the event from the university seniors and, and and players with remaining eligibility, and of course we have the active and former NFL player population. So we're excited about the possibilities of of sort of this cradle uh, to grave approach with athletes in transition. The, the wide-eyed, bushy-tailed high school kid that wants that dreams about playing big-time college or pro football, and the uh, the wily veteran uh, player, as well as a guy like yourself, Ray, that that's a, a little long in the tooth, but but still available and active and partic and, and very very much involved in the sport. Uh, as 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 a journalist and and it really as a man helping men. Well, I, I certainly could appreciate that guy because I you know I'm I'm looking at the um, the temperature of, of sports today and particularly uh, those who are interested in in supporting the sport, uh, whether you be it be a parent or or whether it be some type of consultant or a coach or whatever. And and you know the the, the guy who was probably taking up the most time in the media has uh, been the father of a parent of a basketball player. We're talking about the the baller. And 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 obviously he's a man who he has a different perspective and a different approach than than what you do. Uh, certainly you, you you're an educator yourself and very much uh, in tune and understands the value of of an education. And and maybe you could just speak to that a little bit about how important it is for these young men that you're working with uh, when they're in college to make sure that they get the full value of of the opportunity they have with with a um, uh, uh, grant and aid, which is what it is, uh, yeah. and take advantage of that grant and aid to uh, come out there with their degrees. Well, there, there's a lot of layers to the conversation in the world around education, and so. I've seen private and public education turn into business where the uh, recipient of the education didn't really get the full value. So if I'm in a public school and my tax dollars should get me through where I'm functioning at a high level in America, I've seen successes and failures from that. That same, that same, those same successes and failures exist in college athletics and higher ed. So I think, you know, it's, you know life is an individual sport in many ways. Athletes have to take advantage of the educational opportunity. Football is a great platform to do that, you know, but you can always beg the question, is the value of the education uh, superseding the business that, that, that these athletes have forced themselves in? So you take a gentleman like uh, uh, LeVar Ball, I, th I believe, you know, I think he's operating in the best interest of what he sees for his children. I'm... I'm I'm honored that you know to know that there's a man out there marketing, promoting his sons, and he cares about them, and he believes he has a way. Whether I don't necessarily think that I would promote what he's promoting on on every level, but I clearly value that he is taking the bull by the horns with his children, and he's trying to steer them so that they can use the platform of athletics, and in some cases, education to, to make a living. Well, that uh, <clears throat> certainly I, I can concur with uh, the fact that he's uh, taken a, a role in, in uh, the life of his kids, and, and he's he's been there, and uh, he's certainly supporting them, and he's done an outstanding job. I mean, ev everybody seems to know uh, who he is. If if they don't know him, you can say something, and they they've they've seen him, um, and uh, his son, uh, particularly one that plays for the uh, the Lakers. Uh, is uh, getting a little bit better. I just don't think he's going to ever live up to the hype, but uh, then again, um, 
kind of hard to live up to that kind of hype when you throw names out like, uh, you know, the next best thing, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. That's hard to live up to that. So uh, let me let me ask you guys. Of course, uh, uh, we're, we're talking about the 18th annual Player Networking event um, coming up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, for all of you out there who have yet to uh, uh, hear about uh, the player networking event, there's an opportunity for you to get some information, Guy, and they can get that information. Uh, where can they get that information from? PNEinfo.com. That's Paul Nancy Edward, I-N-F-O.com. Lots of information on there. We have an event overview, a discussion document, sponsorship briefs, listing uh, sponsors and partners on the page. Uh, we're excited about moving forward with this year's event and hope that uh, active and former players, corporate executives, large and small businesses will consider uh, attending P&E. There's lots of information to figure out how to engage with our property. Now, uh, for those of you out there uh, that, are, that are wondering um, if this is an event uh, where uh, you are going to come and uh, not be able to uh, to get in. Uh, I think you should visit the website first to assure uh, your chances of getting in, uh, because certainly uh, it's going to be an event where uh, people will be there. There'll be a, a demand. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure it's the first come first serves on the tickets that are available. Uh, it's an event that it certainly is is worth your while. There are many events that go on that are just uh, during Super Bowl time are just there for parties. Uh, this is an event that uh, there's a there's a party with a purpose, and uh, that is something you'll come out with something valuable for you, just like uh, uh, we've done the past 18 years. And I say we well, I haven't been there for all 18, but I, I've been there the last 10. I've uh, enjoyed my time at each one. It's good to see, uh, particularly for me, guy. I always like when the younger players are there. Uh, and I think you and I have had uh, some experiences. Uh, there's a young man from your hometown uh, running back for the Dallas Cowboys years ago. I was very impressed when he was there in his rookie year. Felix Jones. Uh, Felix yeah. Jones, that's exactly right. And, and this is a thing where I think you too believe that, uh, let's speak to the players now, maybe the earlier you start thinking about your last days of playing are probably the best time for you to do that. That's or right. should, should they wait till the end of their careers? Well, there's, there's two schools of thoughts. Uh, athletics is a, is a short window where you can conquer the beast, if you will. So I understand the, the single-mindedness of an athlete that's trying to become the best that he or she can be. And oftentimes the sports, the pressure of the sport doesn't allow you to believe you can be multifaceted and build outside of the sport. But I'm I'm a I'm a advocate of well-roundedness, wholeness, uh, developing yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and the, the P and E to, is designed to do that. Help athletes prepare for life after sport. Well, again, guys, always I want to thank you for your time, for your effort, and everything that you do for for players, particularly what you've done for me over the years, and, and what you do for the players currently, and and those who are preparing to be a professional athlete at one point in time in the future. It's about that time, so we're going to have to go. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.